Hello, I'm Carrick MacDonald and this is Halfway to Borough, the Two Towns local history show on Cam Glen Radio. In this second of a two-part programme, Zen Boyd of Rutherglen Heritage Centre talks to Betty Payton, who was born and bred in Rutherglen. Now in her 90s, Betty recalls growing up in the town and remembers the Evangelistic Institute in Greenbank Street, which for many years played an important part in the spiritual life of many Raglonians. So what about your mother? Did she do? Did she work before my, marriage? Yes, my mother had a shop in uh-huh. Stonelaw Road. Yeah. A kind of, I think it was like a hardware china. Yeah. I think she did mangling and right. that uh-huh. too. She should have kept it on just when she was married, but yeah. you didn't do that in these days, yeah. you know. I just, do you know what it was called, the shop? No idea. No, would it be under her name? It probably would. Steel. Uh-huh. Steel. That's oh. her name. Mm-hmm. Her father was a, a bricklayer. Right. Where somebody put the last stone in the East Church. Oh, <laughs> really? It built. Gosh. So I was told. I don't uh-huh. know. This is someone in your family. Just a story. Yeah. Well, it probably, probably uh-huh. true. These things usually have truth in them. There was them. a row of small shops. At the foot of Stonelaw Road, mm-hmm. on the left-hand side. Is it near where the old picture house used to be? Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. it's down from there. Right. I think that was the where the matter yeah. shop was. Ah, yes, yeah. yeah. And then Gallo Flat Street behind it. That's right, mm-hmm. that's right. Ah, so that's quite near the main street then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've just got a couple more questions I wanted to ask about your father during the First World War, so... I know he, he served... Um, the engineers. And it, Yeah, so he was in the engineers. Now, I found he's mentioned here, this book we have in the Rogers Archive is, is a record that the Institute kept during the First World War of all members of their congregation. All right. So whether they, you know, died or were injured or came back, it's... They're all listed. Uh, well, my so father had a brother who was killed. Uh, was John, that John? yes, John's listed here. I was, I was going to ask if there was a John. That's yeah, right. he's listed. But your dad's here um, listed. It says demobbed January 1919. And that tiny, tiny pencil um, notation is the years that um, he joined up. And then I think it's... I think this is when they got correspondence about the person. Oh, right. the dates of when they heard that they were still alive. Because uh-huh. um, they were obviously monitoring all the um, all the men yes, that had gone, yes. that, that were part of um, Rogers Institute. Um, so we've got from 1916, the 8th of January 1916, he must have enlisted and then demobilised January 1919. So he was in for... Nearly all of it. Yes, he was out in Egypt for a time, mm-hmm. and then I think he mm-hmm. was brought. I don't know whether it was over to France, but the boat was in. The, he was torpedoed. Oh, but he was in. That he boat. was in. Yes, but oh, he managed to make it to shore somewhere. I don't my know. My goodness, it's fascinating. So they were keeping a a list um, the whole way through, and then obviously. Um, the role of honour was created um, from their congregation. Writing very much in the language of the time, W. Ross Shearer, in Rutherglen Lore, written in 1922, 
tells us about the origins of the Evangelistic Institute and how it was regarded in the town in the years following the Great War. A glance at the Institute Roll of Honour is convincing evidence of the interest taken in the youth of the town, of the men who voluntarily undertook active service in the Great War. Nearly 1,100 of them claimed connection with this popular meeting place, and 164 of them made the supreme sacrifice. And then there was a subscription fund set up to create a Rogers Institute Rule of Honour. Oh yes, um, that was memorial. As you went in, it faced you. It's now up in Blair Beth Church, I think. I believe it's in Blair Beth Church yes, now. Yes. yes. That's Pictures it, of yes, it in, yes. in situ in the Rogers That's Institute right. you Hall. That's right, went up these steps and there were stairs so on either side. The memorial, recently erected there by the members and friends of the Evangelistic Institute, is a tribute not to the dead alone, but to the generous, sympathetic spirit of the workers. The memorial, cast in oak and bronze, is effectively mounted on a pedestal at the main entrance. The Roger Institute in its heyday was yes. a social event of the mm-hmm. borough, if you know what I mean. Yes, it seemed to span a lot of different um, community groups at the time. And, that, that's right. Um, what I wondered, that, that's a question I had for you, was if you were part of another church, so say you were part of the Old Parish mm-hmm. or the East Parish East. Church, could you still attend events at the Rogers Institute? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. So it was just it was bringing to all everybody. Christian yes, yes. Yeah, activity. Uh, and uh, I think sometimes people are encouraged to join a church. Right, you know. yes. But so see, uh, my, uh-huh. my father and my mother were both, as I was, East Church members. Mm-hmm. But my father really spent most of his time in the Institute, mm-hmm. you know. He was treasurer, mm-hmm. went to the church on mm-hmm. odd occasions. But church people are the encouraged people to join churches too, yeah. you know. Yeah. Lots of people, particularly around about the Institute, would probably feel they weren't good enough to go to a church. Ah, I see. So it was you know, a the, sort of social mm-hmm. divide sort of it, idea. Yeah. People that maybe didn't have a lot of money That's right. would be discouraged from going to a church because they thought they have to be a wealthy family before Our they can family. Yeah, go I, in, that sort I of thing. I think there was a wee bit of that. Wee bit of that. Maybe not by it. your era, but no, maybe in the past. No, no. My mother and father are members of the East Parish mm-hmm. Church and my grandmother and my mother's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. And it really, pure by accident, I was staying with my grand steel. Mm-hmm overnight or something like that and she took me with her to the church mm-hmm. and it must have been the beginning of the year when they had what they call the Young Worshippers League you got a card right. and it's stamped every Sunday so my grand got me a card and that's how I started going to this church <laughs> <laughs> it was as simple as that to get a stamp and I went to Sunday school in the East Church because it was handier Yes. Just across the road from where I stayed. You uh-huh. know. Mm. And it was quite well attended by other children, I imagine. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Uh-huh. When they built Blair Beth and Spittle, mm-hmm. it denuded this area uh, of children. Because uh-huh. people moved out. Because they had families the and these were all rooms and kitchens and mm-hmm. that. So all of these people moved up to Blair Beth and mm-hmm. that took away a lot of the population from down here. Mm. Yes, from down in the centre of Rutherglen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because so there was McDonald's know? school and there was mm-hmm. the Barra school. Yes. But there's only the one school now. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's know. just Barra now. Yeah. Did you go to McDonald's school? Yes, I did. Is that your first school yes, then? Yes, yes. My mother called uh-huh. it the racket school. <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy school or was yes. it quite hard? Yes, yes, yes I well, enjoyed school. I remember my father. I had got a reading book which was well past its sell by date. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And my father went over to see the headmaster to get it changed. To complain to about complain the... the state of the book. Right. You know. In my early days, King Street from Farnlone Road along to Castle Street was all mm-hmm. old tenements. Yes. Uh-huh. And when they built the Burn Hill, uh-huh. most of the people from there were sent down, down to Burn Hill. Right. And then they mm-hmm. demolished the, mm-hmm. the flats. The uh-huh. I remember my father saying, uh, I think it was Grand Peyton had been talking to one of the old ladies that lived there mm-hmm. and they were about to be getting moved and she said, there's 98 up our close. 98 people. And if they don't hurry up, there'll soon be 100. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Yes. And that would be four toilets. Mm. Gosh. Four toilets between 98? Yes. <gasps> there was, there was My no bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. My goodness me. And do you remember, was the model lodging house around in King Street? Yes, when you down, were, yeah. off, just round from uh-huh. uh, Queen Street. Yes, because that fascinates me, because that seemed to run for quite a number of years, you know, for yes, people I think to... Yes, I think it was even up to the start of the war. Mm-hmm. The Second World War? Yeah. There was King, King Street. Street, Castle Street, Victoria uh-huh. Street. Yeah. They were all the sort of same type of houses mm-hmm. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. And there was lots of families, but they were all moved up to Blair Beth and Spittle. And Spittle. That they made quite a first new estates in Rutherglen. Yes, yes. Blair Beth and Spittle. So, um, so you're part of East Parish Church from when you were quite young. Um, and then was that right up until it closed then? Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Because uh-huh. they amalgamated the congregations with the old parish. Old parish, that's right. That's uh-huh. when I moved along. Uh-huh. To the old parish. We had a closing service. Okay. Which Mr. McRoberts came along mm-hmm. to. I was the minister in the old parish. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing during the war I've never forgotten. Uh, when Mr. Taylor's time, they had a church parade of the Cameronians. Oh, uh-huh. And they mounted a guard outside the church. Oh, outside... East Parish. East Parish Church. Lovely. Apparently that was... They were from the Covenanters, the Cameronians. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was one of the things they always did, church parade, Uh sentries Mm -hmm. at the door. Uh I can remember that And that's for the the closing ceremony? No, 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 this was during the war. Just during the church parade of soldiers Ah, of the Cameronians. Oh, that's nice. Gosh. And were you quite young when you saw that? Oh, yes. Remember. 1939. Okay. 40, I would be, I would be nine in uh-huh. 1939. I mean, I'm 93 now. Oh, you're doing well then. Uh, Gosh. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. What was the feeling of the congregation at the East Church when the church was amalgamated with the, the old parish church? I think most of mm-hmm. us realised the time had come mm-hmm. with church numbers were going down and what in a way 
when these schemes were built mm-hmm. in Blair Beth and Spittle, the families with young children that stayed round of Victoria Street mm. all moved up there. Mm. So we were not getting in mm-hmm. young people. Yeah, in the same way. That, mm-hmm. that there was a sort of move of population, if you like. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then you're still part of the old parish church yes. now? Yes, yes. Still yes. part of that, obviously. But you mentioned a, a fire that happened at the institute. Uh-huh. Was that basically the end of the institute, or did it carry on after that? It, it, the fire was contained into the big hall. It was that that went on fire. The smaller halls at the front were saved, mm. and it did carry on after mm. that. Right. So I believe the, the only part of the institute that remains is what was the old caretakers building that's right because you can see on it's behind by a school on the high street you can still see on the sandstone wall etched into it is Rulligan Evangelistic Institute yes, um, yes. so nice to show people that when we do the walking tour there used to be a, um, a, a service on New Year's Day mm-hmm. and uh, children got an orange and a calendar and whatnot, and I used to be taken up to Mr. and Mrs. Bryden's for, she talked to, she was Ayrshire, or Nyrdy, mm-hmm. Nyrdy, which Nyrdy. was ginger wine, ah. and uh, father mm-hmm. and I went up, because my father had to pay them, he was a treasurer, yeah. anyway, you know, uh-huh. and uh, Mrs. Bryden had open house and New Lovely. Year's Day, so oh. in the morning. <laughs> and what was it like inside, was it? Is it just one story or is no, two? No, no. They had. Uh-huh. I think they had. I've never. I was never up. At, I think they had an attic. Mm-hmm. But there was one. Two, there was three rooms mm-hmm. because they had an old grandpa that stayed with them. Right. And had there been another caretaker's family in that building before the Bridens? Do you think? Or did they I suppose the it must have been. Uh-huh. I'm Carrick Macdonald. And you're listening to Halfway to Borough, the two towns local history show on Cam Glen Radio. In this programme, Zen Boyd of Rutherglen Heritage Centre is talking to Betty Payton, who was born and bred in Rutherglen, about her time growing up in the town and her memories of the Evangelistic Institute in Greenbank Street. Possibly, because I, I just wondered what, what the purpose of the building might have been. Before you know, if it was always a caretaker sort of. Oh, I think it would be. For, uh-huh. No, I think it's it a lovely, would be. It's a quite an unusual shape, isn't it? Yes, yes. To the rest. Because you could walk, when you come downstairs from the house, you pass the baths, and you could get into the church hall uh-huh. from the back. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, my father was a warden. Oh yes, in the Second World War. Yes, he yes. Was an air, an air raid warden. Warden, that's yes, right. Yes. Uh-huh. My father told the story about he was in the report centre was down the post office lane, you know, the right. lane between post office and, and the, there was the pub and I think there was a stairway up to an, an office. Just the side here of post office and uh-huh. towards King Street. Yes, that's right. Uh-huh. And I think my father was standing in the doorway of the report centre and they said there's running down and this was two messengers the landmine in the main street <laughs> and one of the boys had said he said and I kicked it so they went in 
the police evacuated all of Regent Street mm -hmm. and all of Kirkwood Street. Mm -hmm. uh, got people out of their houses without checking. And I discovered uh -oh. it was a big stone off the town hall. <laughs> oh no! That landed in Main Street. <laughs> it wasn't a landmine, but it could have been. It could yeah. have been. They yes. Been yes. Safe. Yeah. That's amazing. That's one of the wartime stories. <laughs> so you grew up during the Second World War. Yes, then, that's, so right. that's what, right. Have you got any memories of that period at all? Not, not really. Yeah. The only thing I remember about air raids, we were in the first floor. And it was a three-storey building, mm -hmm. and everybody came down to our house, and we were all sat in the hall because mm -hmm. the hall was in the middle of the building. <laughs> you mentioned that your dad was treasurer at the institute. Mm -hmm. He was also involved in the savings bank within the organisation. That's right. That's right. How did that work? Was it a a, a kind of personal savings bank? It was the TSB. Right. Really? Oh. That mm -hmm. people went in. It was really, I suppose, people that didn't have a lot of money, but mm -hmm. maybe wanted to see for their holidays, mm -hmm. and they would mm -hmm. come in at them. He and my father and Mr. Bryden, who was a hallkeeper, they had that, and they would come in maybe a shilling, maybe mm -hmm. five shillings, mm -hmm. and draw it out at holiday time. Oh, okay, that's And good. Uh, the money was banked with the TSB. Right. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, mm -hmm. Because it seems that, that there ran was, for years. Yeah, it seems that there was a lot of different organisations yeah. um, within the Rogers Institute, which just shows how big a you know a, uh -huh. an organisation it was. So they lists. had a camera club, had they? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, it was a singing class, Tuesday night fellowship meeting, the afternoon meeting for women. All right. <laughs> Boys' own meeting and girls' own meeting. The girls' one was run by Mrs. Mrs. Roger, uh, Boys Brigade, and the Band of Hope. All right. Which see the Boys Brigade was, was Mr. Rutherglen. Now William Roger had a a yacht, uh, and mm -hmm. that, so a lot of the boys there got their seamen's badge through mm -hmm. been taken sailing. Where did which, they go sailing? Did they go to the be, they, the, the Rogers or? had a, a house in Kilcreggan. Ah. So I think. The, the boat was probably anchored there, I, I really don't know. <clears throat> mm -hmm. But uh, they always said that, that First Rutherland had most uh, seamen's badges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gosh, there's a few old photos that show that, that show some, you know, some of the boats and, you know, the Rogers and some of the old photos that the oh, museums, right. yes, museum right. collection have got some of those photos um, with them in a boat. And there's quite a lot of, you know, um, rambling trips and day trips yeah. by the sea that, that the, the Institute I mean, have taken I, all the kids for, for all, day trips. I knew the Rogers all my life. Never sort of ever thought of them as being very rich. Okay. But they must have been. So that shows they must have been very, you know, friendly oh, and warm and, yes, yes. you know, able to I mean, when I think about it, that was a lovely big house, Mount Pleasant. Yes. There and uh -huh. they had one the grove down in Kilcreggan. Uh huh. William had his yacht because um, Daniel was a Daniel a soldier was a wealthy businessman. I think it was paint. Was that That's paint right. Smith company? and Roger. Smith and Roger was the company was that he company. ran. And the other brother, it was insured. Adam. Adam. Adam Keir Roger. Keir Roger. 
he was in, in one of the insurance companies mm-hmm. uh, in Glasgow. And he became a, the provost of Rutherglen? Yes. Adam. Uh, and it, one of them was an MP. It must, it must have been the Adam one. Adam, I think. It is too multifarious and constant to be reviewed here, but when the history of the Institute comes to be written, the self-sacrificing labours of the Messrs Roger will, of necessity, form no small part of it. Yeah, so I see here, that just to continue that list, <laughs> goes on for about three pages of different organisations within Rogers. So you've got Thursday Night Prayer, Young Men and Young Women's Christian Association, the Saturday Night Lantern Lectures, the Evangelistic Meeting, um, with a, a whole list of about 20 people, the Arc Light Lantern Committee, the Workers' Prayer Meeting, the YMCA Red Triangle Reading and Recreation Room, the Gymnasium, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Savings Bank, the Dorcas Society, the Flower Mission, the Tract Distribution, mm-hmm. and the Publications Committee. And there's more. There's the Brass Band, the, <laughs> the Girls' Home and Health Club, the Baths, the Young Men's Organising Committee. There's a District Nurse. Oh my goodness. Foreign Missions and the Hall Keeper, who was William Young. Um, and this is in 1922. So it it just shows you the amount of people that were actually working for the Rogers Institute. Oh, yes. You know, it was, it was a, a whole... A... Um, never mind the people that came to I mean, use the, it. The it's the amazing. Hall was huge. It was the best hall in the borough. Here also, the open door and the kindly handshake makes the newcomer feel at home at the outset and opens up, for many different people, useful careers of Christian service which might otherwise be lost to the community. There's a Roger Memorial Hall in Rutherglen, isn't there? Is it up in... Um, I think Blair, that's... Blair Beth Church. Yes. It has the War Memorial from the, from hall, the hall in their church. In their... Uh-huh. So I think they're the Roger Memorial. That, that there's none of the building left now, mm-hmm. apart from mm-hmm. obviously the caretaker's house. Um, a, a, another item we have in the archives um, is the the Evangelistic Institute um, prize list um, for attendance. All right. So uh, your father, I think, must have been quite involved with this. Um, uh, perhaps a teacher. Um, and this has two drawings. Um, it's it's a beautifully illustrated old book um, with a list of the children who received um, first, second, and third prize for good attendance oh, yes, to the, yes. the Sunday school or the the forenoon meeting on a right. Sunday that uh-huh. for, was for the children. Um, it's beautifully illustrated um, by a few different people, and there's two illustrations by your father because he's signed it, and the first. To, and it must have been uh, on a war theme because he's got one that's dated February 1915 right. with um, the British Bulldog <laughs> holding a flag. Right. And then he's done another one which is called In the Wars and it's a poor dog that's going through the wars. Oh, dear. And it's in February um, 1915 and it says business as usual during repairs. Hmm. So, and he was obviously a soldier, 
right, so he must have been quite a keen artist then if he was... I never inherited his artistic attempts. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes sometimes, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Where I stayed in the main street across the road from us was the cooperative mm -hmm. and the cooperative hall where they had weddings and that sort of thing. And uh, we used to be entertained. Did uh, you have a good weddings. view then? And I had a good view because they would open the window straight across. And <laughs> of course it didn't have a licence, so quite a lot of the men would go over to the Bower Bar uh -huh. and then somebody would have to come over to, try to bring them back. <laughs> bring them back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought we were easily amused in these days. That was your television is watching the, That's the social well, events. It was a great window at that, no. must admit. Uh -huh. I'm watching the crowds going over to Hamden uh, as they walked over in these days, okay. you know, to come back. Uh-huh. Oh dear. From Chapman's and wherever the Victoria. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, do you remember the cinemas? Yes, I was never a great cinema no. goer. Okay. Miss the Odeon, right enough. Yeah. Grand Central was a bit grotty and so okay. was Green's. And Green's, I hear, was the, the free pit. The, <laughs> um, the children from the orphanage, uh -huh. the Catholic orphanage. Is that the Bellevue one? No. Or the I other? don't know what it's called. I think it's called Bellevue. They used to be taken down to uh, mm -hmm. cinema in Greens on a Saturday afternoon. Okay, used to uh, see I had to see whatever was on. Mm -hmm. What about the parks? Did you go to Overton all the time, yes. the public park? My, fa my father had an uncle who stayed in Blantyre. He was a retired mine manager. Mm -hmm. And he was very fond of flowers in his garden. And if okay. he came to visit us... He had to be taken up to the Overton Park to see it. They'd see all the flowers. Oh. That was in its heyday. It's yes. not like that anymore. Because uh, oh, he loved the flowers. It was uh -huh. really beautiful. Oh, in fact, I've got. It's a bit later on, but there's a picture on the wall that oh, shows right, some of the right. flowers in Overton beside what was the superintendent's house. That's right, Mr. That was okay. apparently beautifully maintained, yes. rockery with flowers. And That's right. It really do was. It and well. If you went in from. A Overton Drive entrance, mm -hmm. there was a border there which was always really beautiful, mm -hmm. but it's not uh -huh. kept to the same standard now, I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. But uh, the other thing we used to laugh about on Eastern Monday, you used to see lots of kids coming out from Dilmarnock mm -hmm. with their picnic stuff, and I think. They, they got as far as the woods. My father used to say, they think this is Cathkin, you know. Another <laughs> <laughs> picnic there. Hmm. Yeah, but, uh, Stonelaw Woods. Oh, Stonelaw beautiful Woods. there, though. That's, yeah, yeah. me. Beautiful trees there. Quite a few old photographs have survived from Stonelaw Woods. It seemed to be a very popular postcard subject. Oh, yes, right. Stonelaw right. Woods, yeah. So were you a shorthand typist in Glasgow then? Yes, Did you go yes. into some of the companies? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a shipping company, Anchor Line. Oh, the Anchor Line? Yes. Oh, gosh. Well, that's fascinating, mm -hmm. isn't it? Gosh. Ended up my career in Leith. Ah, in Edinburgh. They closed the Glasgow office. Right. And, uh, they bought over Curry Line in Edinburgh and other various companies. So they closed Glasgow. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the last four and a half years of my working life, I travelled backwards and forwards to Leith. Gosh. 
at the seven o'clock bus in the morning. You got the bus? <laughs> Gosh, so you couldn't get a train easily. Well, you could get no. a train, but it was very it expensive. Yeah. That would have been a long, long day. It was a 12-hour day, oh really, by the time yeah. I left. Uh-huh. I got the 7 o'clock bus in the morning. And on a good night, I was home at half past six. Right. So that was so a good that night. Was, that was a good night. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because if you get into Glasgow around about half past six at night, mm-hmm. it's hopeless. Mm. Trying to. I've seen me mm-hmm. running down from Buchanan Street to Queen Street mm-hmm. train station to get a train because there was no buses. Yeah. You know, yeah. That mm-hmm. day. Gosh. I knew I had only five years to go, so right. I thought I'll <laughs> just <laughs> give it a try. Uh-huh. No, that's brilliant. Thank you very much. I'm sure we'll have more questions in the future, so well, just give me a buzz and if I can help, I'll Uh, do that. No, thank you very much. Thanks very much, thank you. Sometimes it surprises you what you really know. Mm. (laughs) I know, this is it. It, it, Just when you start talking about it, it's funny, it comes back. I'm Carrick MacDonald, and you've been listening to Halfway to Borough, the two towns local history show on Cam Glen Radio. In this programme, Zen Boyd of Rutherglen Heritage Centre was talking to Betty Payton about her time growing up in Rutherglen and of her memories of the Evangelistic Institute in Greenbank Street. Many thanks to Betty and Zen for inviting me to sit in on their conversation, which was recorded in June 2023. The music was by Sugar Nifty. I hope you enjoyed this programme and that you can join me again next time. Until then, thanks for listening. Cam Glenn Presents is delighted to announce our next live show at number 18 Rutherglen. Bro. Bra-